Welcome to the Vital Dawn Podcast for Thursday, January 9th. S&P futures are trading up about 10 to 11 points. That's about 35 basis points. So the futures are essentially recouping um, what they lost in the last 20 minutes of Wednesday's session. Europe is rallying about 40 to 60 basis points, and Asia was very strong across the board. Um, so really not a whole lot of news to talk about this morning. Um, S&P, uh, the U.S. S&P cash market was hit in the last 20 minutes of Wednesday session off of some rocket headlines in Iraq. Um, you know, I think people are largely dismissing those. Um, you know, I think though what you do have now is while Tehran and Washington may be in a temporary tentative uh, detente or truth, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, Iran's various proxy partners throughout the region are not necessarily on board. Um, and those proxy partners are not, um, you know, they, they kind of operate somewhat autonomously and independently. And so there was an article on CNN just talking about how in the past, um, you know, Iran has struggled to keep all of them in line and consistent with the policy or priorities coming out of Tehran. So, um, you know, I suspect you're going to see more of these headlines going forward. I suspect you're going to see the market increasingly dismiss them. Um, as far as these proxy powers uh, attempting to potentially retaliate. And I think that's what you saw yesterday. Um, so, you know, I think that will, again, that will be a dynamic going forward. Um, you know, I think the market since this Monday has been, um, you know, moving this whole issue to the periphery of the narrative. Um, and I think that will continue. Um, but nonetheless, just I think that's what happened yesterday. And that will be a constant going forward. Other than, um, you know, just digesting some of that green zone rocket uh, noise from yesterday. There's not a ton of incremental news out for um, the Thursday session yet. A few economics out of uh, Germany and China. None of them are are, are terribly incremental. Um, you had Chinese inflation. Um, so the CPI um, was actually a tiny bit below the street, which is encouraging at this point in time, just given how um, you know you did see a big spike in CPI in China, largely because of food. Um, so it's still very elevated at four and a half percent, but um, that was flat sequentially and a little bit below the street. So Potentially, this is an encouraging dynamic. If you do see the CPI come down, that obviously would give greater scope to the PBOC to um, potentially provide additional accommodation. Um, German exports were weak in November, but German industrial production was better in November. Um, again, I don't think um, you know I, you you perhaps could be seeing a stabilization in some of the German eco numbers and some of the global manufacturing data, but you're not seeing a very sharp upward inflection. Um, and to that point, the World Bank. Uh, came out yesterday and trimmed its 2020 growth forecast slightly. Again, um, you know, again, not not a dramatic cut at all, but just you know, talking about some of the same overhangs as far as um, you know, a muted recovery in global trade, a muted recovery in in corporate investment. Um, just given the all the overhangs that are still largely in place, even though you have seen some encouraging developments on the trade front. Um, so otherwise, there's not really a ton. Um, on the calendar for this week, you really only have the jobs report out tomorrow in the U.S. at 8:30. Um, you know, I suspect it's going to be strong, especially given what we saw out of ADP yesterday. The print numbers, the print consensus forecasts on Bloomberg right now just seem very light. So I would suspect that you're going to see um, an upside jobs report. But again, I you know, as far as the you know the list of market concerns and priorities. Um, U.S. labor has really not been uh, a, a big area of focus, given that you've seen very consistently strong trends now for a long time. Um, you know, so I suspect you're going to see more of the same tomorrow, but it's really not going to be a huge focus. Next week, though, does bring a lot of uh, major catalysts. You have the start of earnings on on Tuesday. You have uh, the signing ceremony of Phase One 
on Wednesday the 15th. Um, you have the US and EU are going to be holding trade talks in Washington. You have a lot of Chinese data. So next week will be much more important. I have previews out for everything. Um, and as I've been writing about for a few days, you know, I think earnings, at least this first week of earnings from the banks will look pretty good. It doesn't look like street estimates have been adequ- adequately updated for some of the messaging that we saw out of banks back at the Goldman conference in mid-December, uh, just as far as trends tracking ahead of expectations. So especially on the NIM and that interest income front, um, you know, those numbers should should be ahead of the street. So you should see banks posting earnings upside next week. Um, I am nervous about the phase one signing ceremony. I really don't think you're going to see kind of this um, very specific, long, detailed document that gets posted online that both sides are signing their names to. I think it's going to be kind of, um, you know, a more vague summary um, of, of uh, overall highlights. Um, and so, you know, the question is, do markets really care at this point in time? The markets have not cared about much, um, you know, but I, I, you know, I definitely don't think that you're going to see kind of um, this very specific phase one agreement next week. Um you know, in terms of the broader outlook for stocks, it really just it all comes back to this to this whole multiple issue where, um, you know, you've seen very impressive multiple expansion now going back for several months. And the question is, how 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 much more does it have to go? Um, you know, you have a lot of people now that seem increasingly comfortable with this 18 to 20 times range to justify the market staying here or rallying further, whereas you know, for the last few years, um, you know, I thought that 17 to 18 times was kind of the upper level of, of acceptability. Um, and so it's kind of deciphering this multiple expansion process, why it's occurring, is it really sustainable? Um, you know, the, the, the justification for it seems to be that for the first time in, in, in pretty much ever, you're seeing kind of all three of the big tailwinds hit at once, where you have tax reform, you have easing trade tensions, and you have monetary accommodation. So one could make the case that you never really had all three occur simultaneously. You had the tax cut was offset by months and months and months of trade tension um, and Fed hiking. And now you have all three are hitting at once, and that justifies higher multiples. Um, you know, I push back on, on some of that. I don't think you've seen this kind of dramatic easing of trade tensions at all, as I just said. Um, you know, I think phase one is largely kind of more marketing than it is an actual um, substantive agreement. I think that you still are going to see trade um, remain a very prominent theme and topic of this White House going forward. Um, you know, as far as Brexit is concerned, you you know, you, you are going to see the Brexit process occur by the current deadline of January 31st, but you're not going to see the overhang, the uncertainty overhang lift until you have a trade agreement in place. And that deadline is not until, until the end of this year. And you already have European officials increasingly talking about how it's unlikely you're going to see a trade deal between the EU and UK get get signed by the December 31st deadline. Um, so for a variety of reasons, I don't necessarily think that you've, um, you know, you're really seeing a, a dramatic lifting in trade tensions. And the monetary policy argument, um, you know, monetary policy has been super accommodative now for for a very very long time and it's been more accommodative in the recent past than it is right now so i don't know why all of a sudden that should be a justification for higher multiples um and if anything like you know what you what you've seen in other countries such as germany and japan where extended periods of of uh, extreme monetary accommodation over time that becomes counterproductive and it just doesn't lead in a linear fashion to um you know just p- multiple expansion in perpetuity uh, so that is it for today. Like I said before on the calendar, you have a few Fed speakers um, 
and a couple of earnings, but really no one, no one major. Um, and then other than jobs tomorrow, it should be pretty quiet. Um, but next week is, is very major with a lot of uh, catalysts. So that is it for today. Thank you everyone for listening.